welcome to Word Alive Broadcast with Ricky and Sherry Blevins. We believe that as you listen to today's message, God's Word will come alive in your heart to help you obtain victory in every area of your life. Welcome back to World Live Broadcast. Let's uh, go back today to Matthew chapter 8 and verse 19. This is our text we're using this week. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Jesus is saying if two of you agree, if you're not in agreement, then what happens is, It thwarts the plan of God and it is stopped. But we have to be in agreement and have unity in our churches and in our own personal lives, in our own families, and in our own uh, marriages. Every, Every area of our life, we need to have unity and not division. And the way to do that, as we said yesterday, is to get into the Word of God, be directed by Jesus in everything that we do, and allow the plan of God to come forth and not our own selfish ambitions and not look at what other people are doing, what other ministries are doing, but only what God has told us to do individually. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Only what the Father God thinks, what Jesus thinks, and the Holy Ghost thinks about what you're doing And if you know you're in the will of God, then you know that without a doubt that you're doing what God told you to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And they may think badly of you, but that doesn't matter either. That's their problem and not yours. They should get their eyes out of their flesh and get their eyes off of what's going on in the natural world and look at the things in the spirit of what God is telling you to do and say, Let's pray for these people that they will be enhanced and that they will grow and that things will be accomplished in their lives and in their ministries instead of looking in judgment upon what other people are doing. So I don't know if they're doing the will of God or not. Look at what God's telling you to do individually and get your eyes off of what other people are doing. If you focus on more on what you're doing than on what other people are doing and accomplish the will of God for your own personal life, you won't be concerned about what anybody else is doing, only what you're supposed to be doing. That will help a whole lot in the body of Christ. There's too many people who are focusing on what other people are doing. Well, look at what they're doing. No, what are you doing? Look at what you're doing. You know, I see this all the time. And I see the vision. And I see people that are Christians and they won't go to church. And they'll look at what other people are doing that are going to church. And then they'll go, well, look at them, what they did today. And they go to church and look at what they're doing. Well, what are you doing? Are you, what are you doing? What are you trying to do to, to accomplish the will of God in your life? What are you doing to get people born again? What are you doing to let God's word come forth in your life? You see, it, it means that we, Jesus is saying that we have to come together in unity. And if we'll quit looking at what other people are doing and look at what we're doing individually, and it says, and if you'll think about it, if you got your finger pointed towards somebody else, you got three fingers pointed back at yourself. Look at what you're doing yourself. Pull the plank out of your own eye before you start trying to pull the splinter out of somebody else's eye. That's what you have to do and say, well, I, it doesn't matter what they're doing. What am I doing? 
Am I doing the will of God? Am I trying to accomplish the will of God for my life? And if somebody's trying to accomplish the will of God for their life, and you're not looking at it in that aspect and saying at least they're trying to accomplish God's will for their life and pray for them, say, Father, I pray that the will of God will come forth in their life and that you'll advance them and that they will understand more clearly and more deeply every day the will of God for their life. Then what happens is, and you start seeking the will of God for your life and say, Father, where do you want me to be planted at? What do you want me to do? What is your will for me today? Then what will happen is, then you'll come into agreement with the place that God has placed you in, the church you've been placed in. You'll be operating in the place that God put you in in that church. He, you may be in, need to be in the children. You could be in us. You could be any place in the church that God tells you to do. You could be just somebody that's a prayer person that prays for the church, that prays. And that's one of the most important things is to have people behind the scenes that nobody even knows what you're doing, but you're spending that time praying for the pastor. You're praying for the church, the will of God to come forth, that you're asking Jesus, Lord, bring forth the will of God in this church. Bring it forth. Let us understand what your will is instead of complaining about what somebody else is doing. A lot of times people want to complain more about what the pastor's doing instead of praying for him. And then they wonder why in the world the will of God is not being accomplished in the church. You need to be praying for your pastor, praying that the will of God will come forth through him, that he will have a greater understanding in the word of God than he's ever had before, that his life will be advanced more than anybody could ever dream that you have blessed him, that down everybody that sees him will say, God has blessed him so abundantly because he's following the will of God instead of complaining about him all the time, and you'll see a difference in the church. Now, I remember back in North Carolina, I was working at a place, and I had, uh, it was right before I came out here to Oklahoma, and it was a situation to where I could pray in tongues all day long. I could pray in tongues without anybody knowing it. I could pray, and I'd pray in tongues, just pray. I mean, I'd pray eight to ten hours a day in tongues. And every and while I was working, I was praying in tongues. Nobody knew it. I could just, but you know, I would pray for my pastor, and I he I'd have him on my heart, and I'd pray and pray, and I mean, it would just just things would come, and then all of a sudden, messages would start coming to me. I'd hear that message in my heart. That Sunday, my pastor would get up, and he would preach the most anointed message. He would preach the best message you've ever heard. It would be for me and for everybody in the church. And the church was growing like crazy at that time. And you know, it was everything that was in my heart that I had prayed out for him. And you see some other people are complaining. I would be praying for him instead of complaining about him and praying for him every time I got the chance. And you know, that church grew and grew and grew and grew and it's still growing today. Because I, at that time, was able to pray for him. And if you have the time and you are called to do that, pray for your pastor. Pray that there be unity in the church. Pray that there be such, such unity that everybody's coming together and taking their place in the body of Christ. And once that church start growing, that Jesus' will will come forth and that you will know what it is and that you will see it and that your pastor will know the will of God. And that all division, speak to that division, tell it it has to leave. 
there is no more place for it in the body of Christ, that there is only unity, and that unity is what we have to have in the body of Christ. Let's look at Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. He said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This is an example of the corporate anointing in the church. When brethren are dwelling together in unity and everybody's praying for the move of God in the church, people are praying that the Spirit of God will be poured out, that the rain of the Holy Ghost will fall, that people's lives will be changed, that they'll be changed in their in their inner man, and that that souls will come into the body of Christ, and there's unity in that, that the will of God is the number one thing that has to come forth, and that nothing else matters except the will of God in the church, that we can see it advance, that we can see the God that we know exalted and moving in our midst, and that we see the corporate anointing in our churches like we've never seen it before. And then we will see a change in the church that people will be coming in. That the gifts of the Spirit will be moving like never before. That there's such unity in the Spirit and that people are excited about the things of God again. And that there's no more death in the body of Christ, but there's only life. And that we're so so on fire for God that we can't wait to get back to church on Sunday morning and saying, well, I'm going to go do my job this week and I'm going to be go to church this week because it's my duty. No, you can't wait to get there because you can't wait to see the move of God in the church. It's time to quit playing church and come together in unity in the body of Christ and watching God move the way that he wants to move in our churches and in our own personal lives. Because unity brings the corporate anointing. Without unity, there won't be a corporate anointing because there's division. And, it, and he says, I can't move in your midst because you're not in agreement. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? We have to come into agreement. And the agreement that we have to come to is one thing. That we want the move of God in our church. That we want to see more people born again. That we want to see more people filled with the Holy Ghost. That we want to see more people healed. We want to see more people come into the body of Christ and see miracles, signs, and wonders take place like we've never seen before. But instead, people want to have their own selfish ambitions and have their own way. I want my way. I want my way instead of the will of God. And you need to get out of your way and get into the will of God and seek God's will and say, I'm getting out of your way, Father God. I want your will in my life and in my church. And then we'll see things start changing. Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 and the unity that they had on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They were all in unity, 
waiting for the move of God, waiting for the will of God, expecting God to come that day because Jesus told them, said, there you in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They expected the move of God. When we come into our churches in these last days, we need to expect the move of God. We need to expect him to move the way that he wants to in the manner that he wants to to see signs and wonders and miracles in our churches again. To see that God is moving the way that he wants to in these last days like we've never seen before. But it's going to take unity in the corporate anointing and to get off selfish ambitions and quit playing church and get into the will of God and say, Father, I'm sick in your face. I'm sick in the face of Jesus and I'm asking for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in these last days like we've never seen before. And if we'll come together in unity, we will see it. If you would like to receive a CD or MP3 version of this week's message or other messages, please give a donation of $8 for a CD or $5 for an MP3. Instructions on how to give and receive are located under the Giving tab of our website, which is located at wacba.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can contact us at our website at wacba.org. If you would like to contact us for prayer, to give, or any other reason, you can do so by going to our website, wacba.org, or by mail at Word Alive Church, P.O. Box 3067, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma 74013.